You're listening to Diary of a Congresswoman, a series of conversations with Teresa Ledger-Fernandez. I'm Mary Charlotte Domandi. We caught up with Teresa today in the airport the day after she visited the Rio Grande del Norte National Monument, which is near Taos here in northern New Mexico. In terms of like what's happening in my life, one, I am sore today. And that is because yesterday was so spectacular of a day. We went to go visit the Cerro de la Olla, which is a beautiful Cerro, a volcanic eruption with a caldera in, within the Rio Grande National Monument. And it really is a recognition of the fact that in addition to protecting land, you also want to protect the heritage in an area. And the Rio Grande National Monument is really a collaboration with tribes and ranchers and stakeholders. When people say stakeholders, what that means? That means the people who live there. So yesterday we went and visited the Cerro de la Olla, which is this beautiful cerro, small mountain, small hill, a big, big hill, small mountain that actually has a caldera. It was a volcanic eruption and it is 2,000 feet above the plateau there. We climbed those 2,000 feet. The caldera is spectacular. There are herds of elk and deer and the antelope run below. And it is an area that we're going to protect. And it is spectacular. I want everybody to go visit it, especially you can go visit it now and see how important it is to indeed protect. You get to see views from there to everywhere the San Juan Mountains, you get to see all the way to Sandia, you get to see Pedernal, but you also get to experience the spectacular beauty of New Mexico and how important it is that we preserve it. How does being a national monument protect heritage specifically? In this case, it is very indicative of what we need to do is engage the local ranchers, the local farmers, Taos Pueblo, The monument comes down enough so you want to gauge other Pueblos and you say, let's make sure that whatever we do on this, we interpret it well. We preserve the area so that if it is being used for traditional and cultural purposes, that those uses can continue. And when we move the designation up one to turn it into a wilderness, right now it's protected so you can't do mining on there, but when we move it up to a wilderness, it means you cannot have motorized vehicles up there. So there will no longer be roads cut or improperly used on the fragile environment. There won't be ATVs zooming up and down and hurting the grasses and the vegetation. So that's sort of one of the big issues of when you move it to a wilderness, you remove the motorized vehicles. And so you're gonna have to walk or take a horse up to the top to see that spectacular view. Now, is that in process, this land going into wilderness designation? I will introduce a bill next week to designate it as wilderness. And this process began before me. It was something that the various organizations like Wild New Mexico, New Mexico Wildlife Federation, Conservation Voters of New Mexico have been working on together with like the two ranchers that we met with yesterday, one of the ones ranchers could make it because he's in his 90s but I rode out there and got to see what one of the ranches was doing and how he was creating catchment areas to capture water because it is a very arid environment 
and how supportive he was of this designation. What we have in New Mexico is we have an ability for the different communities to come together and work together for a common goal. Now, the rancher's reason why he wants it as a designation, he thinks that it's important that it'll help the herd of elk. He does have elk permits on his land and a stronger, healthier herd is good for him. House Preble wants it protected as a wilderness because they want to make sure that traditional cultural properties are not inadvertently ruined or discovered or made inaccessible. The environmentalists believe that it's important to protect additional land from development and put it into its highest level of protection. So everybody has a different reason they might want it protected. This is what I love is they all coming together with a focus on that common goal. We also had the county commissioner wonderful Commissioner Michiel climbed to the top with us. So it's something that is supported truly from the grassroots since we were very concerned with what the grasslands look like there. And that's what's exciting about New Mexico is we know how to come together and to work collaboratively on common goals. There was sort of cultural conflict a couple of generations ago when a lot of the traditional land grant land was basically taken away and put into government designations and people who had been grazing or cutting firewood from those lands were no longer able to and that created a lot of cultural animosity and bad feeling. Where is that at now? So you're referring to the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo of 1848 was supposed to protect land rights and it did not achieved that goal because so much land was stolen from those who held land grants and who owned land. Hispano families and as well as Native Americans also Mm -hmm. lost a lot of land. Look at any forest in New Mexico, the Carson, the Santa Fe, any forest in Santa Fe is made up of land that was at one time indigenous land and then maybe later land grant land. So that is a sad part of our historical trauma. But what you have now is these groups working together and and realizing that this is the land status, but there are things we can do together to improve it. And and so this example is exactly that, to say, we're going to make this a wilderness designation, but the way we are going to do it is to say wood cutting and firewood gathering is still allowed. You're going to just have to You know, you pull your truck up to a certain space and you're not going to be able to take your truck all the way up to the top because that would hurt the ecosystem. So this is an example of where traditional uses will continue. There just won't be any new roads and you'll have to leave your truck parked a little bit at the bottom. When a bill like this is introduced, to what extent does it become a partisan battle in your observations so far? Or is this something that's basically by and for the people of New Mexico or of whatever state, and then it's it's pretty easy to get the designation? I think that there will be those who do not want to see any additional public lands protected. The, there is the 30 by 30 goal that President Biden, together with lots of environmental and land-based people think is important to protect 30% of our public lands from future development by 2030 in order to meet our goal of protecting our planet from climate catastrophe. So there are people who are just against that, period. But there are many more who are on the ground. Who's going to come in and say, no, I'm sorry, everybody in the community supports this. So 
from a partisan perspective, I don't know. I don't see anybody doing that. I think this is going to be one of those kinds of bills where there is a recognition that the people closest to the land who are most impacted are supportive, regardless of party affiliation. It'll have bipartisan support. A lot of the land bills that I've seen, and I haven't seen a lot, but I've seen when it comes down to, oh no, you want to protect the grasslands in Nebraska? Yeah, we get that. You know, So that there is a recognition that the voice on the ground is the one that must be listened to. And those voices on the ground are pretty clear and unanimous, would you say, around this issue here in New Mexico? We have not heard anything against it right now. And that was a pretty varied group from people who had been here since time immemorial to ranchers who acquired their land, you know, Hispanos in New Mexico that have been here for centuries, to somebody who runs a beautiful llama, you know, to take people into the wilderness areas, but using llamas, which looks like a lot of fun because you don't have to carry that big heck on your back. You know, so you had people who were newer to New Mexico supporting it, and then people who've been here since time immemorial supporting it. You know, we've got the town of Taos, the city of Taos, because there's a recognition that places like this, when they become known to people, it is such a marvelous thing that we could put this place into the wilderness. People look for wilderness areas, tourists, eco-tourists, and that this will be yet another draw to increase visibility because it's there right now. But people might not know about it, but having it in wilderness, there are those who really want to go to places of the wilderness because of the beauty and solitude. When you get up there and you're looking from that caldera, you know, in 360 degrees, you see what a spectacular environment New Mexico is. You know, you could just imagine all that volcanic activity because there's all these cones in that valley. You see the gash of the Rio Grande Gorge. Then you see where it starts and how it opens up and goes so deep. I mean, the understanding of our geology that you get from standing up there is absolutely mind-blowing. It was such a great experience, and I loved being able to say, yes, I will work with you on this bill, but I need to make sure I go up there so I can experience it and speak in exclamation points about why it's so important. That was a really fun day to be a congresswoman yesterday. Now I'm in an airport, you know, (laughs) Uh, because that's what we do. You're heading back to D.C. I'm heading back to D.C., so that's what you do. You get to be in, in a place of natural beauty one day, and the next day, You're waking up at 5.30 in the morning so you can get back to do your work in D.C. Before we go, let's talk just quickly about the Bears Ears National Monument in Utah, which was designated by President Obama and then scaled way back by President Trump. And now there's consideration of restoring those boundaries. Where are we at with that now? That's one of the reasons why, you know, it's nice to get something designated wilderness because it's clear. Once Congress designates wilderness, that's it. So what I understand we're going to see in Bears Ears is that there is a recognition that that will be redesignated. But I think that Congress is also looking at that because we recognize how important that is to make it very clear that once an area has been designated, that a president can undesignate it and that maybe that particular place needs an even stronger protection, which we will look at in Congress. I was at the listening session with Secretary Holland and Bears Ears came up repeatedly as did Chaco Canyon. It came up yesterday when we were talking. So Bears Ears is recognized as an incredibly important cultural 
area in need of permanent protection. And on that note, we'll let you go. Thank you. Now I've got to go find somewhere that is okay to grab some nutrition between flights. (laughs) (laughs) Well, go get nutrified. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Good flight. Bye. Thanks for listening today. Please go to congressdiary.com for more info and other podcasts and to connect with us on social media. And if you have any questions or comments, including questions for the Congresswoman, please email me at diary at radiocafe.org.